world is changing fast. New technologies are impacting how we think about products, services, and the way we live our lives. Nowhere is this trend more present than in financial services, where new business models and customer expectations are changing our conceptions about banking, finance, and the very nature of money. Welcome to ReBank, a visionary podcast about banking, fintech, and the future. The future of banking is here. Hello and welcome to ReBank. I'm your host, Will Beeson. Today we're joined by Abhishek Gupta, head of BBVA Open Platform, BBVA's banking as a service offering. As most people listening to this podcast know, BBVA is a leader in financial innovation among incumbent banks, having taken a very proactive approach to the role of technology in banking. The Open Platform is the productized, public-facing version of BBVA's core banking infrastructure, offering checking, savings, cards, payments, and KYC via APIs to fintechs and brands. In this conversation, Abhishek and I discuss the emerging banking-as-a-service industry, the most compelling fintech and brand use cases of bank APIs, and BBVA's broader approach to financial innovation. For all of our past episodes and to sign up to our newsletter, please visit bankingthefuture.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Please welcome Abhishek Gupta. Abhishek Gupta, welcome to ReBank. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Will. Yeah, th- this is great. Uh, I'm I'm glad that we've uh, found time to connect. I'm slowly getting used to all the remote recording. I prefer to do all these podcasts in person it's just easier to establish a a a human connection face to face but um such are the times we we currently live in and thankfully the technology has held up so far maybe just to to kick off you can tell us about yourself and the the platform you run at bbva sure thing so i've been running open platform for the last almost two years now I've been with BBVA for the last uh, four years. Um, Overall, I've got two decades of experience uh, in the product and engineering space across banking and telecom. So uh, primarily those two industries. So Open Platform is our banking as a service stack and we provide white label as well as co-branded banking products and services to our clients so that they can embed those financial products to create powerful, seamless experiences to wow their customers. We market launched back in 2018. We have about a dozen odd clients on the platform. And um, this is very central. This has become very central to BBVA's overall strategy, which is to be able to acquire clients and customers through partner channels and be able to engage them. And this enables us to switch the context from millions to billions. So we are a global bank. BBV Open Platform is the banking as a service stack in the U.S. Um, the idea is to be able to expand that in the geography of BBVA and use this as a strategic tool to be able to grow the bank going forward. Fantastic. So I, I love this topic, and I think uh, I think a decent chunk of our audience does does also. Um, as listeners will know, I have some direct experience uh, in, in the space recently, um, building on top of 
platform bank, banking infrastructure. So, so I have a pr- pretty good sense of what the landscape in the U.S. looks like and who the kind of leading service providers are. But it, it'd be fascinating to hear in your in your own words. Like maybe we can start by making this tangible. Like. Can you maybe give us a couple examples of programs that you guys support, how they use your platform, and um, you know, p- perhaps from there we can we can start to explore conceptually where the opportunities for this space to evolve going forward are likely to be? Sure thing. So we have a range of clients ranging from you know full stack neobanks to clients that use bits and pieces of our capabilities. Right, our, our core capabilities are around five product families. So it's KYC, so account verification, uh, identity verification, um, account origination, um, cards origination, and a, a rich set of payment rails. So like I said, you, have, you could have a, a business new bank that would be using all of those different capabilities. Or you could have uh, a client like Digit, which is an automated savings app for the end customers that is using mostly our payment trails. So um, in terms of making it more concrete, Digit uses our bill pay capability to be able to offer up uh, paying down credit card debt or utility bills through our uh, bill payment rails. There is another client, Tivoli, which has set up a marketplace for private jets where it connects the flight operators with the flight brokers. So not your typical fintech, but again, it has digitized, uh, a somewhat non-digitized space of private jets, being able to onboard the, the operators of the flight and the brokers of the flight and being able to move money once the flight gets fulfilled. So that last example, I, I'm, I'm just trying to think through the, the use of the payments capabilities without the account capabilities can you just talk through high level what that architecture looks like are they linking to existing bank accounts at at other banks and then using your guys payment functionalities to to then facilitate ach transactions no we actually do onboard them so we kyb the business set them up with an account both the operators and the brokers so at the end of the day they're on the platform um, this allows the brokers to be able to um, search the directory of operators and what services they have to offer, um, choose the one of their liking, and then be able to transact with the operators. So essentially, we bring both the operator, operators and the, the brokers of the flight onto the same platform, set them up with accounts, facilitate payment trails for movement of money from the broker into the operator, through a bit of a escrow sort of a setup, so that the funds are held in escrow till the flight completes. Yeah, I, there's there's so much room for creativity here, and and that's I think why this uh, this space you know p- piques my interest, and I think the interest of of a lot of people in the industry right now. I know I've personally said in in the past that in my view we're still in the IBM mainframe era of banking as a service rather than the AWS era. Like there there are some propositions that look to kind of position themselves a, a, as an AWS style service. Uh, I think the main difference between uh, a hosting provider and you know reg- regulated banking infrastructure is that w- 
one is pretty easy to just set up your own account and self-serve. The other has all sorts of compliance, legal, regulatory overhead. Can you just kind of talk through where you see us being currently in, in the evolution of this of this space uh, from, uh, you know, from an infrastructure, from a business model standpoint on the bank as a, as a service provider side? Yeah, I think you touched on two different areas, but nonetheless, they need to come together, right, for this to be a viable platform for the clients. Um, so there is the there is a technology piece, the IBM uh, or the AWS. I think um, why choose, right? Banking as a service kind of brings the two together in a in a very elegant and a streamlined way. Meaning, uh, we as BBVA have a real time banking core. Um, and then we also have a cloud-native stack for our banking as a service, which connects to that real-time core, which then enables us to be in lockstep with our clients who are primarily in the cloud stacks. Um, at the same time, all of the products that we offer have a fairly rich and robust compliance framework around them. I, I think what we have done at BBVA is got, gotten the two together. At the same time, we have a pretty robust compliance framework that we wrap our products around, which makes it a fairly compelling offering for our clients. Can you just dig in there a little bit on the on the compliance piece? Because I think this is, it's an area where different platforms think about things differently or try to approach things differently. I, I guess to an extent, it's almost the ethos of like, here are a bunch of APIs, like come in and do whatever you want, but you own the compliance, you own the legal considerations, you own a lot of like the, the administrative work versus the platforms that try to abstract a lot of that away and offer more of like a, a service as opposed to a product. How do you guys structure your proposition and, and what do you see as being the kind of pros and cons of those two approaches? I think we take a fairly unified approach in terms of the product and the compliance that goes hand in hand with it. So with regards to compliance, um, you know, we are a bank. Risk and compliance is our strength. And in any partnership uh, with our clients, we are the regulated entity at the end of the day, right? Um, and uh, we see this as a shared responsibility. So we are the subject matter experts. We do expect our clients to have compliance and legal counsel on their end as well. We clearly outline what the responsibilities are on both ends. And uh, that's how we set it up. So the, the the technology part is almost the easy part because once it is set, it's up and running, of course. Uh, but for the bugs or whatever else enhancements that need to that need to get done on a on a periodic basis. But um, the the risk and the compliance part is where our strength is, and that's why we invest. We at BBB Open Platform. Uh, definitely invest quite a bit of our energies to make sure that we have the right risk and compliance framework to be able to engage with our clients, set the proper expectations, uh, both at the time of onboarding of the client as well as ongoing operations thereon. Yeah. In addition to the the more detail oriented pieces, some of which we've we've discussed already, you as as the leader of this platform must have really interesting perspective not least based on i'm sure some of the conversations that you have with existing clients and and potential clients plus your own reflections on the extent to which 
offerings like yours can be leveraged. I think you also mentioned having some experience uh, in the telco world. Where where do you see some of the the most interesting opportunities in the call it white label banking space? You know, brands who are who are thinking about you know ways of leveraging checking accounts or debit cards or payments to to kind of design and deploy new new offerings. Yeah, it's very interesting that you highlight that. Yeah, so one of the things that I tell the team is as banking as a service, as part of open platform, we pretty much have the front row seat to financial innovation. And it is not just restricted to the financial services industry. It's broad. It cuts across all the industries because uh, every company in every industry has to figure out the commerce side of things. And that's where the banks and the the, the banking rails come into play. So th- there is uh, opportunities across the in- industry verticals. And I think the mantra that we go after is the win-win-win approach, right? So we empower our clients with the very atomic uh, banking products and services that we bring to the table. They then, the clients turn around and create a very sticky proposition for their end customers. And thus they benefit from that, uh, from that partnership. And at the end of the day, the end customers get some tangible value out of this proposition. So uh, just like as I was mentioning in the in the digit uh, use case, which is an automated savings app, they're using our payment rails to be able to enable their customers to be able to pay down credit card debt. So it's a win-win-win for everybody in this equation. We as BBVA get to acquire and engage our customers outside of our own channel. So this is through Digit's channel. And similar opportunities um, exist, whether it's uh, uh, healthcare, whether it's uh, the gig economy space, whether it's uh, disbursements where we want to make the monies available to the end customers sooner, uh, whether it's earned wages across the different gig economy space. So opportunities abound. And uh, we definitely get to see and talk to quite a few of our prospects and our clients across these different industries and space, which is which is very exciting indeed. Yeah, I think one of the one of the ways that I think about this is you're in a fantastic opportunity to explore a, a an offering like this if you're a brand with millions of consumer customers, right? Because the, one one of the biggest challenges for any fintech is customer acquisition, and especially if you're a digital banking type offering, you know it's three 350 bucks like per per customer maybe more versus if you're a who knows like an incumbent telco or like you know cable operator or retailer uh with with a loyal customer base who you can kind of quickly and cheaply convert into a higher touch maybe higher higher frequency sort of experience around some aspect of of money or financial services and I think there are great ways, albeit ways that take uh, a lot of time and consideration, to to align philosophy between core brand proposition and some aspect of of personal finance or, or, or money or financial services. Plus the fact that you know if, if you're a brand, you know whether it's a Nike or a you know sports team or whatever it is you have like something of very tangible value to your customers that they're already coming to you for. And the ability to 
bundle that into a, a financial services offering, which maybe provides more value than the traditional like, you know, I'll open a Bank of America or Chase or a Wells Fargo account because I get a checking account, savings account and debit card all in one place. Now, I think we're starting to see people experiment with bundles that expand a bit beyond that. Um, we had a great company, Majority, a digital bank that launched recently, uh, focused initially in Houston. And it's basically a checking account plus international payments plus international airtime for expatriate or immigrant um, community groups, which, which I think is great because it just it starts to pull in core you know products and services for people's lives that don't fit squarely between the crosshairs of the way that you know bankers have traditionally thought about like what customers should care about i think that that having tools like what you guys at bbva offer and some of the other um platform banks offer really lays lays the groundwork for the yeah the next couple decades at least of of innovation around retail banking and financial services yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, what what he just talked about is how do you infuse contextually financial products and services to make the proposition more powerful, right? So you're contextually offering that service or a product to your end customer uh, without having to think about going into a branch or going to going into your online or mobile banking app, right? So you you make that available in a in a seamless contextual way through these atomic financial products and services made made available through the banking as a service platform. I, I don't want to ask you to speak for the uh, CEO of BBVA or the, or the board of directors. Uh, I know a number of those individuals are, are on record talking about, you know, the evolution of the, of the bank into a, a technology company. How do you think about the way that this specific business line or even concept, right, of like banking infrastructure becoming the product versus BBVA-branded checking accounts to, to consumers becoming the product. How do, you, how do you think about the relevance of, of this in the, you know, the future of BBVA or the incumbent banking industry more broadly? For BBVA, this is very, very relevant indeed. Um, like I said earlier on, this is one of our strategic priorities, which is being able to acquire and engage customers through third-party channels so that we change the context of millions to billions. So you've got big tech companies today, you know, with uh, hundreds of millions or even billions of customers on their platform, right? Um, if the incumbent banks have to grow uh, we acknowledge that we won't just acquire and engage our customers through our own channels, through our own branches, mobile banking app and online. We'll, of course, continue to do that and get better and better at doing so. But at the same time, we want to be able to acquire and engage customers through our partner channels. And that's where banking as a service squarely comes in. So what, what started off as uh, open platform in, in, in the U.S. Uh, three or four years back, now has become a global open banking strategy for BBBA. And it is a core enabler for partnerships to be able to grow the bank. So um, I'm not really speaking for the board of directors or the CEO. This is coming from them <laughs> that we want to use, uh, we want to leverage open banking and open platform uh, for the next wave of growth for the bank. Yeah. 
Can, can you tell us a, a bit more maybe about some of the other clients that you currently have, people who are running interesting offerings on top of your platform? We have Catch on the platform that provides services for the gig economy workers. So it helps with tax withholding, retirement savings, health insurance. It utilizes our core capabilities around accounts, uh, KYC, uh, payments, and bundles them in different permutation combination to be able to make it more relevant for the gig economy workers. We, we talked about Digit. We talked about Tivoli already. There is a couple of uh, SMB neobanks. Oslo is one of them, which is a BBVA company. And there is WISE, uh, which is uh, also a SMB neobank. Uh, again, enabling SMEs with with specific use cases um, in terms of being able to make the payments and the settlements faster for them. So if you know if someone calls you up tomorrow and says, you know, hey, we want to use your services, wh- what are the wh- what are the considerations that a either a brand or a startup should have in mind when it comes to you know are we suitable for you know partnering with BBVA, uh, building on their infrastructure and and launching something? We are one of the very few banks, big banks that have um, our services online. Uh, In fact, we have a sandbox that our prospects or clients can directly access. All they need is to register with their email. Um, So in, in terms of capabilities that we have to offer from the platform, that's readily available. Um, but typically, you know, once the once the once we start to engage with a with a prospect, we first understand the feasibility, um, and, and then the viability. You know, the economics of the of the partnership. We need to understand uh, what this entails for the client, what this means for the for open platform, and then of course the end customer. Um, just as importantly as the whole uh, risk and compliance framework, we we work with the clients to. Uh, outline what the onboarding uh, and, and the due diligence would entail together with the monitoring thereafter. Thereon, it's really about uh, working with the with the client, coming up with a plan as to how the integration would happen, what would be the different steps leading up to a pilot launch, and thereon requirements for uh, a full market launch where there are no caps mm-hmm. in terms of growth. So th- that's kind of the typical um, journey uh, it takes uh, anywhere from three to six months to to pilot launch with us. Yeah, yeah. Are, are there are there like specific points in, in there that you know tend to I don't want to say trip people up, but but m- maybe that either startups or non bank brands don't anticipate being as you know complex or important, where people I, I don't know kind of like drop out of the funnel, if you will, from a from a potential client perspective. It's really the risk and compliance bit. So while there isn't really a funnel drop-off because we set the expectations up front, but nonetheless, for some of the smaller companies, you know, they, they need to understand that they need to have the right uh, legal or the compliance counsel on their side to be able to help navigate the process. We provide a fairly robust framework, but at the same time, it's a shared responsibility, like I said. And um, the, the clients need to be mindful of that. More often than not, that's the bit that becomes the, the long pole in the onboarding onboarding setup. 
Yeah. Um, it, it does. It's not a real time thing. Nonetheless, it, it does need NTL active participation by the bank as well as uh, as well as our client to navigate that. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, something that we are looking to streamline further as we go along. If you look around the the industry at platform banking offerings, checking accounts, savings accounts, debit cards, uh, payments are, are, are usually kind of the core product set. You don't see credit cards or lending being components of most of these offerings, uh, d- despite the fact that a bank like BBVA or or indeed you know any uh, sponsor bank who's who's sitting behind these programs. In, in virtually all cases has you know very you know robust and mature lending business of its own do, do you have any any expectations over time of you know starting to build lending into the offering uh, and, and if not you know what are the what are the reasons why you know it's just not not an obvious part of a, a proposition like this um, in fact that's on our roadmap that's something that we are working on already both lending and credit cards it will likely, at least the lending, uh, we're starting off with uh, personal loans um, and it won't be white label. It'll be a sort of a co-branded offering. And again, credit cards is something on the on the roadmap as well that we are looking to bring to market uh, by the end of this year, at least in the with one particular partnership. So yeah, um, on both those points, something that we're all, we're actively working on. Now, well, that's, Fascinating to hear. I mean, you know, of course, lending has all sorts of uh, important considerations and, and isn't always the best or rather people don't always you know, look to offer it with the best intentions. But nonetheless, in terms of you know, c- creating a, a true feature rich um, experience, especially if you want to create a compelling alternative to, to a traditional bank or, or indeed if you want to if you want to secure stable and compelling longer term economics um you know it's it's such a core part of the way that banks work no it's it's great to hear that that that's a piece that you're starting to build in yeah again you know it's fairly early on in that area something that we are definitely putting a putting energies around mm-hmm. and we haven't really thought through every every uh, detail just yet but that's something that works fair enough we're we're as an industry so early in this journey but um no i i mean look hats off to you guys that bbva you know clear um early mover in this space uh and it's it's tough to think of another large global bank who's taken some of these innovation opportunities on the front foot the way bbva has um so excellent it's uh been great to connect with you and hear a bit more about about the offering likewise abhishek gupta Thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for tuning in to Rebank. If you like today's show, reach out. Follow us on Twitter at Rebank Podcast and join the conversation. For more on banking, fintech, and the future, check out our regular content at www.bankingthefuture.com.